Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen, to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I woke up this morning inspired. It, but he made it on time. 84 is here, ladies and gentlemen. 84 is here. Let's give him a huge round of applause. Hello. Never early, rarely late. I'm always right on time, brother. You ever rock out to Saxon, brother, brother? Saxon. This is, I think, off the album Venom and Leather. And the band. Lately, I've been into, like, British metal from the late 70s, 80s, hopping across the pond. So you got- I do. There, there is actually, and maybe you can look this up at some point, there is a, there is a British or um, at least European rock band. Their name is TNT. Just TNT. Like, just like Dynamite TNT. That's their name. They had some... Dynamite. I've yeah. a, a friend a friend of mine <laughs> that was that was yeah. not supposed to be a pun. But no, they had some <laughs> really great music. A friend of mine is uh he's in the music business. He lives in Nashville now. I went to high school with him, grew up with him, same uh Bob Williams is his name. And uh, he he does like producing and recording and works in studios and helps people and which he's he's a he's a very good musician as okay. well. Uh, not good enough to make it on the big stage, but he turned me on to TNT, and they have, man, they have got some just incredible. I mean, the it's just me personally. I love the way the guitar yeah. riffs go. I mean, it's just that it's it's kind right of like that. It's got that that Oh, it is great. It's wonderful. Man, it's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love this stuff. It, it's a real. It put me in such a good mood today. I put on the earbuds, put them in, rode around top down. It was just a good day. I did my errands that way, so it didn't even feel like it was like oh busy work. I got to get done errands. I got to no. It's like I'm cruising around listening to metal. Man, you have to do that though with life in general. Yeah, Joey. find the fun. It's, it's when you're doing monotonous tasks, especially. Yes. Have fun while you're yes. doing it. I learned that. You know where I learned that? One of the first jobs I ever did, and I will thank my dad to this day for making me do it. Because number one, I made good money, but I also learned how to work hard and like with your body. And I listened to some kick-ass rock and roll. The whole time I did it. Construction cleanup. You know, there, he knew a lot of people working on residential projects, and yeah. so they need cleaning. 
and I would clean those up. I mean, there was one day where I was moving just loads and loads of bricks. The days after the Masons came. And you move them to the beat of the song, and yeah. you start throwing them, and it's Especially, like a video that you're doing. The band's <laughs> playing on throwing brick. Yes. Picking up big piles of shingles. If you can't have fun at work, there's no point mm-hmm. in doing what you're doing. Find another job. Yeah. It's well, and that job taught me that I want to do something, something else. else. <laughs> <laughs> I actually I had a drywall contractor say, Son, how old are you? I'm, I'm 16, sir. Uh, you're working hard today. Good job. But uh, just know that f- stay in school, go to college. <laughs> I've, I've earned a great living with this job. I've put a lot of food on the table for my family. My kids are now going to be able to go to college, but it has broken my body. He probably looked mid-40s. And so I, I listened to him. Well, and, and that's the thing. I, I had a, a, a great, very close friend of ours. Uh, their, their son was like, I don't know, I think he was 17 or 18. I don't know if he had just graduated high school or was a junior going into senior high school. And uh, <laughs> she said, you know, can can my son go to work for you this summer? See right. if he wants to do this. And I said, I, I can guarantee you one thing. I can teach him what he does not want to do with the rest of his <laughs> life. You give me one summer with him with what I do. Now, see, I'm weird. Right. I enjoy what I do. I like crawling through attics. I like figuring it out. up under houses. It's like a puzzle each time. It, it's, it's a puzzle that takes... This is the thing, I believe, is what makes me work, and and I am, and not kidding, I'm I'm much weirder than most people, but what makes me work is a, it's it's a very intrinsic puzzle that you have to figure out on every problem, but it takes a lot of physical ability just to get to and perform the task mm. to repair the problem. So it's it's twofold. It's not just knowing. I mean, I can look at it and tell you, oh, that's a problem. Your relay's bad. Right. But you've got to knee crawl through an attic that's, you've got 18 inches of clearance and you, you're like belly flops. I'm, I'm tall. I can't even get on my knees and elbows you're you're out trying to physically you're a brave man i'm doing yoga to get to the unit in order to replace one part and then make it work and and then but that's it's one thing that that i love about my job it's not the money that i make that's that's a necessary evil oh so you do it for free no, I do not do it for free because I have four children to feed <laughs> and a wife to take care of. I'm just testing that principle. <laughs> no, I don't do it for free, but I get more fulfillment out of completing a task. And when I leave Joey Clark's house, saying, "Yeah, now, now I, would, I wanted to ask you're you. going to be cool, or you, you know, your toilet's going to work, or what right. have you, or you know, this light is now working." Well, you've seen that. I wanted to ask you. You've seen the house I live in now, currently, mm-hmm. and it's so old. It's got the uh, the crawl space underneath. It's one of those old Cloverdale houses. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've never been in it, and just we've never been in our attic either. We don't keep anything up there. But when I wake up every morning, I can hear things scurrying in the attic probably squirrels probably squirrels probably squirrels but 
or I, rats, not not mice, probably rats. rats. Yeah, like yeah, the big ones. You well, know, I'm moving. Thank God. Um, Seven, eight inches long instead of the little two inch long. No, I did feel leave nice. for a weekend, and I came back, and there was a little like looks like something had been chewing on my yoga mat. Ah, that's probably a. Um, that was probably a house. That, that's, that's probably a mouse. That was a mouse. That's that was a mouse. Yeah, because it wasn't like big bites. It was just little chunks taken out, chewed out. I guess they like the sweat. But it just it feels like an old house like that. You got to be brave to get into those crawl spaces. You don't know what you're going to find. You, you know, it, that's the one thing. I've, the, the one thing I've never run up on dead body. That you ever uh, found a dead body in the room? The drum? one thing I've never <laughs> run up on is no, I've never run up on a dead body. <clears throat> that you know of the one thing I've never run up on is a snake. Okay, good. Now I've seen snake skins and things like that under houses. That freak me out. And that, that gives you space. that gives you a little caution when you're under there. Damn. Now I did. I'll tell you this. This was one of the funniest things. I, man, you know I'm full of you know what and. But I had a I had a new kid working with me. I had a when I was at the board of education. I called him Junior because it really pissed him off because I called him Junior because he was like I ain't no <laughs> and Junior. Once you found that out, you got in the I've been in the Air Force. It to him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. you never let them know that it gets to you. And you you know you pick at people. The new guy, you pick at them until you find that little scab right. that, that bleeds. And and I call, I just happened to call him Junior one day, and he's like. Don't call me Junior. And I was like, dude, you have just messed up so bad. Your name is Junior. There was uh, 46 people that worked with me when I was at the board. Everybody called him Junior. <laughs> you can't give it. You and can't so, show it. So we got a, and, and he, he was, I'm not claustrophobic at all. I mean, I can get up under, I'll show you a picture. I, I've got a picture that I did uh, like six weeks ago. And I've got my hand spread out from my pinky to my thumb. Mm-hmm. And there were two pipes that I climbed through up under a house. That's how wide it was. I had to breathe out to get through it is how tight the little space was for me to go through. Wow. And But that's the... like an octopus. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, pretty much. That doesn't bother me. But Junior, he, he wasn't... <laughs> his name was Chris... But I still call him Junior. The uh, he wasn't big on getting in tight spaces. Sure. He pretended he wasn't scared of it, but right. I knew he was. So I would mess with him. So we're crawling up under the a school building, and there was a dead cat carcass oh. up under there. Yeah, yeah. And it was nothing but just the bones. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was straight skeletons. Cat had laid there and died. And I reached over and I picked it up, and it would stand up on end. All bones, nothing but bones. I mean, freaking me out, everything. man. It was wonderful. I'm not even seeing this thing, and I'm freaking out. The, and so I take the cat, and I'm in front of Junior, and I'm crawling around, and I take that cat, and I take it, and I I stand it up on its feet, and I put it right around this this one column, and then I, I crawl around, and he's over here working on something, and I said, Junior, come here, come here. And so I force him to crawl around so that I know that he will see that cat. And when he turns the corner, he saw it, and he went to squealing like a little girl. Like a little goat. <laughs> it was so, and it tickled me. It tickles me to death to scare people. I don't know why. You seem like a practical joker. Oh, you man. You do. You really do. 
And no, and that thing you just said about calling him Junior, I've worked in different I've worked different shops with different groups of guys. Once you show your weakness, never they're gonna him. hit it hard. And see, that's what I try to train Coleman. I'm like, because because we work, it, we farm. Uh, my daddy and my brother and Coleman works with my daddy all the time, and so he works with farmers and and these cowboys that I mean they are they are rough. And coarse, very okay. coarse. Yeah. And I've, I've told Coleman, I said, Coleman, I said, don't let them know what really gets your goat. I said, you can't do that. I said, once they know it, they'll they'll never stop doing it. I said, just play it off, play it off, play it off. And uh, so he's going through that. Every once in a while, he'll just lose it. And <laughs> once you lose it, yep. And you're exactly right. Once you lose it, you are toast. You'll never live it down. Now, I see that you have your uh, trusty notepad there. Yellow legal notepad. Yep. You appears you have things written on it. Yeah, so you sprung this on me today. Yeah, I did. Well, Just I, like I sprung it on I, you. I so mean, Troy I guess... is going through a lot. He had back surgery, but it's not really fixed the problem. He's got all this back pain and leg pain, and it's. Um, I feel for the guy. I feel bad for him. I do, too. That's It forced me. I've, I've heard a lot of things in my life, and thank God I've never done any serious damage to my back. Right. Because that is. Yeah. It's miserable. Greg can attest to oh, it. Oh, man. Yeah, that's miserable. That huge, well, your spine, that huge collection bundle of nerves back there. Yeah, that's... nerve pain is much worse than muscle pain. Oh, uh, absolutely it is. But because you have, I, I sprung this on you today. You've been a good sport about it. You showed up on time, even after working all day. And yes, he does work, ladies and gentlemen. And you now have what I hope are questions I have not yet heard. Questions to put to me on the spot. Okay. We're going to do this again. I have four. None of them are serious, serious okay, questions. Right. right, right. But I have four questions, and I'm going to let you pick the number. And I've got numbers written by okay. all the questions. that You've mm-hmm. not seen them. All right. They're over here on this side of the sneeze guard. You can't see them, so just pick a number, one through four. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going into a trance for a second. Though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he actually is. Mm-hmm. How do you cross your legs like that, Joey? Mm-hmm. You're floating out of the chair. Mm-hmm. It's called practice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with number two. Number two. Oh, man. I wish he was going to go with number four. We can get to that later. Okay. Well, all right, number two. All right. Let's see. I don't even know how to propose this question. Who does number two work for? Uh, what is your opinion, or have you seen... This may not even be a legitimate question. Okay. You may not have seen it. Right. What's your opinion of the Happy Times murder? Oh, that trailer? The trailer. The perverted puppet movie? Yeah, the trailer. Yeah. The trailer itself, not the movie. I have no clue. Yeah, I haven't I mean, seen the movie. The movie's yet. not out. Nobody's seen Especially it. Especially that final scene in the trailer with the silly string. Yeah. I thought it was like, there. there's something about, uh, what is it? Peter Jackson, the guy who directed Lord of the Rings. He made a movie with just puppets like that, and it was really messed up. I'm trying to think of what it's called. Man, somebody probably out there knows. The Peter Jackson puppet movie. And I could look it up, I'm sure, on Google. But I remember watching some of that, going, this is messed up. So when I saw this happy time murder or whatever, 
this new puppet movie coming out. There's something about puppets, those like Muppet-like things, when they are doing messed up adult things that makes it worse than if you were watching actual people do it. Mm -hmm. It almost takes it to another level of messed up. I want to say effed up. Yeah. Yeah, I I think everybody understands what you're saying. Yeah, and to that note, I think it has a potential for a lot of comedy. I think there's a lot of comedy to mine out of degenerate, abnormal behavior. If you do it right, I think the movie could be incredibly funny, but it could also just be an hour and a half, two hours of, what am I watching? So they're walking a fine line there, but I think you can also, with cartoons, this is a rule, and with puppets, this is a rule, you can get away with more messed up things, effed up things, if that people could not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. South Park gets away with a lot of stuff because it's animated Right, cheap animation, mm-hmm. and you can ha- have yeah. Little, they make fun of Jesus or, or yeah, or uh, they even did Muhammad the Muhammad and, and, yeah, and the bear costume. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they did all sorts of stuff, and I think they got away with it because it is a cartoon where you couldn't do it with live action people. Um, yeah. I I thought the silly string thing at the end was funny. I and thought see, it was excessive and funny, and 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 that's what I'm not sure it. I was disgusted by it. I absolutely was disgusted by it. I was a little bit. But but I'm not... I've I've thought about this. If if I were 25, Mm -hmm. I probably would have giggled at it. And, And I think one thing that affected me as much as the trailer itself is... Now, you've seen Deadpool. Oh, and Deadpool 2. And Deadpool 2. Yeah, Troy and I these were going to talk are, about it tonight. These are, these are adult oh, yeah. movies. They, oh, yeah. These aren't, I mean, Coleman, I mean, you've met my son plenty of times. Coleman wanted to see Deadpool because he reads the comics. The comics are much milder than the movie. And so, Lauren and I, we watched Deadpool 1 and said, well, you know, we'll let you know. And we were like, uh, Frizz, you can't watch this. <laughs> You're not watching this. It is dirty. You know, which, I mean, it's dirty, but it's it's adult humor, but it is a great... Well, I mean, yeah, well done. Very it's well the done. funniest of all the uh, superhero Marvel movies, yeah. superhero... Uh, oh, it's probably one of the funniest comedies I've seen. Oh, yeah. Years. I mean, it, it's it's a great... And the guy, I can't remember, what's the guy's name? That's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, he is... Absolutely marvelous. Yeah, and uh, but we watched it, and we—I mean, we just laughed until we almost cried. I mean, it was a great movie, and was like, "I'm sorry, Frizz, you can't watch this, buddy. No. This is not for well, little kids." But we so so we watch it, and then we go to see Deadpool two, mm-hmm. and we're sitting there. In and and this is I, I guess it shocked me more than anything because we're sitting in the movie theater right and this trailer comes on and generally trailers are non-rated for yeah. no matter what movie you see a trailer for and I suppose since it was it's late an R-rated enough, movie and yeah. it's an R-rated movie they'll show you an R-rated trailer. Well, this woman comes in beside us with a four-year-old, five-year-old child to watch Deadpool oh, two. No. And so, beyond too young. the shock value of that trailer, it's like... Do you not find a babysitter? That's weird. I, that's that's it weird. Was, 
and that may have affected me more than it should have, but I was so uncomfortable. See, and I might be... And, I, I'm, and maybe I'm just getting old, Joey. Maybe. Maybe, I, maybe but, I'm becoming a dad. But even I'm a pretty free spirit. Like, I'd show a 16-year-old Deadpool. I'm like, you've seen it on the internet. Whatever. You're yeah, see 16. It yeah, 16's fine. Yeah, like, it's not... Like, a teenager, I'm not going to blush too much. If not watching, 11. Not 11, not but. 4. Um, I mean, I have some standards. I don't think you're getting too old, but I will say this. I think people laugh at different things. I think, as you said earlier, you get a real kick out of scaring somebody and pranking them. Oh, Do you God. laugh when somebody gets hurt, but it's not like they get hurt real badly where you're immediately like, ooh, but if somebody like... About like Kicked in the balls. Yes, or somebody like. <laughs> why do we? Why do we laugh at that? I know. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. I tend to laugh when something becomes utterly disgusting and there's no like dramatic context to it. I I will laugh as a defense mechanism. I find really disgusting things, especially if it's somebody telling a story from their past. And they're kind of at peace with what happened. All these things. I think that stuff is hilarious. <sighs> I really do. I think you're talking about two different things there, though. If, if it's something that you went through and got over, it's like, hey, you see this scar right here? Yeah. Let me tell you how I got it. Well, it, it, to no, me, when I you're like... on the other side and you say, well, you healed up, so now I can really laugh at you. Yeah, I was drunk and I fell off the top of a house. and and No, but when things go, say, if I can find a $2 word for it, scatological, you know, poop jokes, fart jokes. But like logical. That is like, like a seven dollar word, like, man. <laughs> but anything that's kind of disgusting, and it's it, I don't like it when it happens to me. I don't like that <laughs> when it's somebody. Else. But when it's somebody it's else, or they're telling a story about it, I find it funny. <laughs> I, I, if you really press me, is that how somebody should live? No. But like when I hear about perverse things, I tend to giggle at it, and so. To answer question number two, yeah, that's fitting. Uh, yeah, I, I thought the trailer was funny for that weird puppet movie coming out. I don't know if I'm going to go see it. That's probably one I'll watch at home if I ever watch it. I don't think I'll ever see it. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's probably the only funny scenes in that movie. Now, we have one, three, and four left. It sounds like four is a real slobber knocker. I do love Deadpool, though. Oh, Deadpool 2. I liked it was... better than the first one. I did. That is, I, I'm I'm torn between <laughs> Deadpool he, and Guardians of the Galaxy. That's my favorite the, too. When I he's like a, the smart ass. In the first one, when he's about to punch Francis on the bridge, and he like rears back and he hits Colossus in the groin, and they he like feels and goes, "Dad, <laughs> <laughs> your poor wife." <laughs> it's so like there's so many little lines in those movies a lot of rewatchable material in there but is there a question from one three or four that is a quick one that we might want to hit before this break yeah if you want to hit four four is a quick one okay mm -hmm. go ahead i think i mean every every other every other show today I mean, we've been y'all have been going through it on news talk yes uh, who who are you going to be voting for? Who am tomorrow? I going to be voting for? <laughs> Let's see. How fast is this going to be, uh, Governor? You know my point of view. No, no I know you're voting for Gay Ivy. No, but no one. I Lieutenant a, Governor. I took a vow of political celibacy. Lieutenant and, Governor. And I take my vows very seriously, especially ones that I put on myself. Treasurer. 
Actually, I like John McMillan. I do, too. I may I not like get on my John. butt and vote, but I, I like John McMillan a lot. I like John Merrill, our current Secretary of State, a lot. Secretary of State, he is. Now, that's that's the one that's a, cat. That's a great guy. I would like to see I will him tell, run and for by the way, one day. I'll tell this to his face. I just saw him earlier today and I almost told him. That guy is so good, my idiotic, cynical side goes, either he actually is that good, Joey, or he's up to something. But he's that good. I have a friend of mine that's a lawyer, and it's not Baron Coleman. It's another guy that's a lawyer, and somebody told me the same thing about him. He said, you know, blank, blank, he's either that honest or he's the best liar in the world because exactly. that is an honest cat, and I, that's the way I feel about John Merrill. But, you know, again, I hate the game, not the players. I like a lot of people running. It's a but great I'm re- term you coined last night. That was yeah. awesome, Joey. Well, we got to hit this break. Coming back, more with 84, more questions I haven't heard yet. Coming back in to 747 by Saxon. He's rocking out to this earlier today as well. My favorite, though, is the band and the band's played on. But that guitar! Hey, we got to talking. You didn't look TNT up in the off. No, I didn't. Um, I didn't. Joey. I'm on this Saxon kick. Tomorrow night, I'm already going to telegraph it. Thin Lizzy. I listened to a lot of Thin Lizzy today, too. That band is deep. They have so many deep cuts. I love the guitar work. I love the songwriting. Much more than The Boys Are Back in Town or Jailbreak. They have a lot of great songs. Thin Lizzy's fantastic. Uh, Bad Reputation is another one that you hear a lot. I like a lot of the deeper cuts. Uh, really good, good band. Great rock music. So, out of four questions, we've answered the evens. We've answered That's right. two, two and four. four. Yeah. So let's go to one and, and three. And, and four was just, uh, I mean, that was a throwaway. Yeah. I just, I, I really did that as a joke. So how are we going to decide between question one and question three? I'm gonna, I don't know. This is your show. Do you have a coin? Cousin? I don't have a coin. I've always got a coin. change on me, man. Who uses change anymore? <laughs> I know a few people went through a phase of throwing away pennies. They would throw the pennies away. No, don't throw them away. Because they're not actually copper. Okay, let's make... I've even got a quarter right there. That's like a real okay, coin. Okay, this is a 2,000 quarter uh, commemorating the state of Virginia in Jamestown. So, question one will be heads. And question two, or three, excuse me, will be tails. Okay. So let's flip this. Let's get a good, nice flip here. Tails. Tails. So question three. Question three. You you made a statement. I pay attention a lot. Oh, no. I feel like I'm under the gun now. In the hot <laughs> no, seat. No. My butt's starting to feel like it's on fire. I... I pay attention, and I've actually. This that's is from the question. This is somewhat of a setup question because I already have an answer or something I've been thinking about on this one. Uh, 
Yeah, I, th- I think you and Greg were were talking about somebody that was just just I mean mega rich and something about yeah I mean we're talking billions of dollars and sure. why do you need more? And you or Greg won, but I think y'all both agreed on you know when is enough enough? Oh, I, I think mean, that's enough valuable. enough. Yeah. So when is enough? enough. And I think each person needs to answer that. It's a question a lot of entertainers will ask themselves. I've learned whether you're an actor or a comedian or a wrestler or whatever, you need to decide for yourself. I don't think there's an objective number that applies to everybody. I think it's for you. You should have in mind, okay, I want about this much money to do these things. Is I think when you just start thinking in terms of the dollar figure and you chase money after money after money, that is falling into what is a bad thing for the love of money. And I think if the root of all evil is the love of money, for money's sake. And, and that's, that's not necessarily where I was going with it. But so it's, it's not travel back. It's, go where you want to go. It, it's not just the, the fiscal. Yeah part of enough is enough when is enough enough mm. enough success mm. when is enough accomplishment when you can relax enough when is enough accomplishment i, I don't think yeah it's, it's not about the money i'm, the I'm not day, as concerned on, about the money it depends as, on the goal because there are certain goals it's never enough and that's a good thing like being a good father a good person good husband just a, a good person in general, I'll come back to that, that's a process till the day you die. You can always have room to improve. Like, am I caring for others enough? Am I listening to others enough? And see, I wouldn't go even as far as improving, getting better at what you do. What if you are the best at what you do? When, when do you stop? When is enough enough? Do you, or do you ever stop? Because we, we always want to tie it to money right. and like, well, damn, man. I mean, you paid, you know, $300 billion. I mean, th- I mean, that's enough. Well, say you are like Bill Gates. I don't think it is a money question at that point. But you might say to yourself, maybe my day in terms of innovating has come and gone. I might have some ideas, but I need to help foster that in other people who have ideas. I need to help discover other people with brilliant ideas and enable them to see those out and see that through. Uh, I mean, wrestlers talk about this, that you, you know, you hit all the pinnacles, you've won the world titles, you've done everything you can do. When you hit a certain age in that business, your job is then to get young guys over, like get them successful and teach them the business. So I think there are different, let's zoom this out to all of life. When you're in the you know spring and summer of your life, and I feel like I'm entering into the summer of my life, I think you're still in the summer of your life. It's like the summer is the pinnacle. But as you start to slow down, I think a lot of people have an issue. It's the so-called midlife crisis of their reflecting back on when I was in my peak. And they're not accepting that life is changing. And that, okay, I can still be great and excellent in many aspects of my life. I mean, I have to necessarily slow down, but I shouldn't expect to be the same way I was at 35 when I'm 45, 50. And when you start entering the winter of your life into your 70s and 80s and beyond these days, 
are you still going to play the same role as you did when you were 50? Probably not. And I think the people who are the most successful are the ones who recognize those changes in life, whether within themselves, like what they can do physically, what they can do mentally, or the wisdom they've gained, how do I share it? It's a matter of, uh, I think, traversing those seasons of life and how you essentially accept those facts and then continue to excel with a new a new canvas, if you will. Yeah, and I, I, I think as you age, in order to be successful continuously, as you age, you have to, it, it's just a, a fact of life. I mean, our bodies wear out. Yeah. They, I, I cannot do what I could do when I was when I was twenty. I, man, alive! Though I, I will, say, I wish my body was twenty years old again. I will say, but you, I wish I had my brain that I have now. Mm-hmm. It, exactly, it, it changes from. It, 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 there's there was an old. Uh, he was man. He was a dear dear friend of ours. He's not with us anymore. Uh, but Earn, he he had a saying. And uh, he always came up a way to to do something when we were out r- rustling cows. I mean, we were catching yeah. wild cows in the pasture and roping them, tying them to trees, and dragging them on trailers, and and this and that. And he would always have a little trick to do something. And he said, "I remember. I'll never forget him looking at me one day." And he said, "Because uh, a bunch of us kids, were, I say kids, we were you know eighteen, twenty in that area and uh, we were trying to to get force a cow onto the trailer and earn got her up on there and uh with with little labor physical labor and he said son it takes an old coon for cunning and a young coon for running hmm. and i said what are you talking about earn he said the young coon's gonna run down there and try to get something he said old coon he's he's smart He's going to use his brain and trick it into getting what he wants. And yeah. I thought, I said, you know, that, and, that, and that's, a, that's a good term. You know, young coon for running, old coon for running. and Or, well, I said that backwards. <laughs> young coon for running, old coon <laughs> Well, you're coon still for, young. Don't for worry. Cunning. Don't worry. You're still young. Yeah, you're see, my running. brain's not still developed no, yet. No, but I will say also, as an aside to, uh, you know, accepting the seasons of life, if you accept things too early, like I'm slowing down, I can't do what I used to do, I think you will age prematurely. I think it's a weird thing about energy. I've discovered it in my own life. I would get so tired from doing six hours and not doing any other shows, not doing anything else. And if you push yourself, what's interesting, if you exert energy, Second work yourself win. tired, the next day, if you keep doing it day after day, you'll find, oh, it's not as difficult, and you'll gain energy. And then when you sleep, you stay at that baseline. But I think that same applies to the long haul of life. If you continue to maintain your energy but also build it, I think you can have amazing feats for a while. I mean, enough is enough is the initial question. When is it enough enough? And I think that's a very, it might be too broad of a question, because I'm thinking of all sorts it, of different things. It, it really is. I, I didn't really, point, I'm not experienced like you. I'm not a great interviewer. Oh, sure. But, yeah. but the thing that came to my head, it, the way the conversation was going, is what if Henry Ford said, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. I can make 100 cars a year, and I'm uh, making $100,000 a year in you know, nineteen fifteen or whenever it was. Well, and it does. That's usually, enough. I mean, that that that's plenty. I, I'm doing fine. 
Why innovate? The people that never know when enough is enough and they keep pushing and pushing and pushing, that's why, I mean, we gripe and moan about, good gosh, you know, that car costs $20,000. Can you imagine forming the, the <laughs> I mean, every part right. of that car, right. molding the bolts, the nuts, oh, the studs. Oh, there's things that other people do that can Building the me. tires, you know. It's a lot. Mining the oil, getting the oil, putting it in, figuring out how to make an internal combustion engine to work. It's remarkable. If there weren't for those people that never knew when enough was enough, I mean, we would still be in buggies and wagons. Yeah, and I because don't... a wheel, yeah, a wagon, and a horse—that's enough. That will get me from my house. Two towns. Oh, it's, it's always it always works that way. I mean, everybody I think is on this train now. Hopefully, of continuing to push beyond just material. Don't think of it in terms of material. It's like what can I create? What can I innovate? What can I do to make other people's lives better? And I'm all for that. And it's usually a few intrepid people, innovators who show people, oh no, there's a different way. Number one, but also you can push beyond that limit. Like sports, like high scores and records that people continue to break to this day like you can't run the mile that fast the yes four, i can the four minute mile right you, you just took the things. words out of my mouth These the four sort of minute mile. Yeah. you cannot run the mile under four minutes but until the first person did it yes. and then it, there were like that that is a great you need to look that up if you've never seen it mm -hmm. because the first guy that ran the mile under four minutes when he did it there were like six people right behind him yep. that did it because it everybody set a standard now to run to and that's something we've talked about before is focus mm -hmm. you've got to have a goal and a focus and if you don't have that if you convince yourself expectations and that's where people screw up with their children is they expect their children to be screw ups expectations excellence is everything we expect we should expect and, excellence and you can go too far you can be too demanding yeah. and you can ruin you know your children as you raise them i don't demand anything out of my children that i don't know that they're capable of right but if i know that they're capable of it they're not going to bs me and say i can't do it right and maybe push them a little beyond that test their limit that's right but when that dude when he hit the four-minute mile, then everybody could hit a four-minute exactly. mile under a four. And and it went, you know, and it was, you know, 359, 358, 357, what have you. But it was just like, oh, it can be done. Now, well, then I can do it. I got to say, enough is enough on this question of when is enough enough. Let's get to question one. We is answered, that, th so that's enough? That's enough. So we, now we answered question is two. Is that first. like the lollipop? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll? Mm -hmm. One, well, it two, depends on whose. It depends on whose tongue. Um, <laughs> depends on whose tongue. So we answered question two first and question four. We just answered question three. We're now to question one. Man. Good gracious, only you have are about, wearing me out. Only have about seven minutes to do this. All right. All right. Big news of the day today. Supreme Court rules. Yeah. That the people that wanted the... Cake. Cake made for a gay wedding. Mm-hmm. Just your opinion. This is not even a question. Sure, Just my opinion, opinion on, on this. Uh, I think the Supreme Court did what the case allowed them to do. And I'm happy to see somebody like Elena Kagan, 
Justice Kennedy, who did the Obergefell gay marriage ruling, uh, for them to say, whoa, this went way too far with this commission, the Civil Rights Commission in Colorado. They did not take this guy's perspective into account at all. And I think it's a, a big win for when, in my mind, when so-called rights start to infringe on each other, that's a, you have something wrong with the rights you've set up. Um, so I think that is a, a big win. Um, but I don't think they could have gone broader because how do you make a broad religious exception, First Amendment exception at, for all the country, all different types of businesses? Like, I mean, Greg and I were talking about this earlier. Is somebody going to go, no, a gay couple lives there. I'm not mowing your lawn. When, I mean, I guess he could. He could not answer the call. But it's like, it's not, it's not homosexual grass. It's a lawn. You know what I mean? Like, where this case came down is the guy said, you can buy any ready-made cake out of my store. I don't have any problem with that. You got money? This cake is made? Sure, go ahead and buy it. But I'm not going to put in my artistic ability to making a cake that will express, you know, congratulations, these sort of things for this wedding when I don't agree with what you're doing. And that's where the court said he has a First Amendment right, religious religiously speaking and First Amendment rights in terms of free speech. I mean, put put religion to the side. First Amendment, or just constitutionally in general, do you not have a right to refuse service to somebody? That's what I thought. If you choose not to do it? But, I mean, but we're sitting in the, we're sitting in where Jim Crow was very prominent, and that was a big problem. Now, it was a little different back then because you even had laws that said, oh, if you do want to serve people. I'm not, talk- I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about laws that discriminate. This is, this is what is kind of weird about this. All right. You know me. Mm-hmm. You know my political beliefs. I'm basically a Republican is what I am. Yes. Okay. Do you know where I work today? Hmm. For like four hours, I was at Sue Bell Cobb. Yeah. Dem- Democratic. Met her the other day. She's fine. All right. She, she is. She's she, great. I mean, wonderful woman. Yeah. Democratic uh, running in the uh, uh, primary. For, for the governor. For, to yeah. be governor of the state of Alabama. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't vote for her. I, I just to, wouldn't. But happy to you know fix something for her. If she wants to pay me to fix her air conditioner, right. by damn, I don't care if she's running. And this may sound wrong. It's not. And and this is the question, the underlying question. Mm-hmm. Does, does this mean that I don't have any principles when I say if she was running under the satanic party, mm. if her air conditioner was broken and she wanted to pay me to fix it, I'm willing to go work well, on it. it means you have a principle of uh, you're prudent and a businessman. You have certain principles that oversee does, the other one. Does that override? Is there a point that yeah, that, I think it, that your, your religious or spiritual principle should override the fact that I have a family that I have to care for and take right. care of, and I've it, and see, but we're, the way this is even being—I mean, if, if I'm not doing something illegal, no, but I, let's get out, let's just get away from the law and let's go to just common sense. When I first heard this story, I'm like, "You're grown adults, and a guy doesn't want to bake you a cake, so you go to court. We need the government to step in to tell." Who should bake cakes and cook pizzas? Really? 
Well, see, and that's my thing because, I mean, good gracious, if 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 you're trying to force someone to bake a cake for you, you think they're not going to spit in the cake when they make the yeah, batter? It's just, yeah, it just, I don't know. It seems like it, it's a little bit of a bridge too far. I think And it, I tend to cite, and there are some exceptions, but I tend to say that private discrimination, and we all discriminate in one way or another in the sure. full sense of the term. We decide who to spend our money with and whatnot. That word is taken on the meaning of, you know, like racism, sexism, the big nah. boogeyman word. In the Webster there. sense of the word, we all discriminate. Right. So, But I would say that private discrimination, even the most horrid forms, is usually not as bad as government compulsion. Because usually, in private discrimination, you can go to a different business. You can say about that business, they did this and probably hurt their bottom line. Whereas with government compulsion, you might have a chance through the democratic process to change things. But for the most part, the government's the king in town. And there's no changing that. I think compulsion through the government, if you're, that should be reserved very rarely. And in this country, my biggest problem with what's happened is we run to the government to compel people to live how we want them to live when they don't want to live that way. And it's all sorts of different ways. I think it's gone way too far, whether you're talking social issues, economic issues, whatever. I am a live and let live type of guy. When the gay marriage ruling came down, I said, well, I wish it was under the Ninth Amendment, not the Fourteenth Amendment. But fair enough. I take the Ninth Amendment seriously. It says all these rights we listed, freedom of speech, a speedy trial, all these things, your rights are much more than what we've just listed in this Bill of Rights. And yet that amendment has not been tested in court. It's not really been pushed to what I think it actually was intended to mean. That your rights are as numerous as the hairs on your head, and I have a lot of hairs on my head. Numerous as the stars. And I think way much, too many people in this country... Do. <laughs> way too many people in this country, for the sake of fairness, or taking care of people, or getting rid of poverty, or whatever your just cause is have run to the big daddy government, big brother, in order to enforce their point of view. On the left and on the right. And it's got to stop or we're going to tear ourselves to pieces doing this. I really feel about that strongly. That that's why I've taken a vow of political celibacy to answer question four again. Because I would rather neuter myself politically speaking, not actually, so I could step back, gain some perspective of, okay, you're trying to force people to do stuff here on the right, and you're trying to force people to do stuff here on the left. Stop it. And give I, each other freedom. And that's where we here in the, especially in the talk radio audience, in the Republicans, we pretend like we're not doing the same oh, thing. Man. And we're doing the same damn thing, Joey. Unfortunately, in it, some it, not, cases. Not you and I personally, but but as a whole... The right well, is doing the same damn thing. Well, this thing's going to cut us I off. I didn't even get into eminent domain and well, abortion. It. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, we're done. Thank you, man. Well, crap. I guess you'll have to have me back. Yeah, I know. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back tomorrow night.